Thank you. Uh, so, uh, I guess over the last two weeks, <coughs> excuse me, it's begun, uh, not just my cold, but uh, uh, Hallmark season has begun, right? Uh, how many of you are watching the Hallmark movies? How many of you got roped into watching a Hallmark movie? Wouldn't it, wouldn't it just be nice if we could live like a, a, a Hallmark kind of life? Think about what it would be if we lived a Hallmark life. I mean, no one is ever cold, right? Even though the snow's coming down, there's wind, um, and all, all you need is a sweater or scarf. Like, where are they living, right? Um, the snow's always, like, beautiful, isn't it? It's just fluttering down. It's perfectly white. It's always the perfect consistency to make a snowball. Like, when they have snowball fights in... Hallmark movies, you never see anybody being like, this is just, it's just falling apart when it goes out of your hand, right? Um, there's always hot chocolate. It's like available on every street corner, although I rarely see anybody actually drinking it. They're just walking around with it, you know, or just holding it. Um, uh, everybody seems to love their job, too. Like any of the stores, storefronts that people go into in the Hallmark movies, everybody's just cheery and chipper and, and happy. And like, that's, yeah. Um, the house. The house is always HGTV worthy. Am I right? I mean, it's perfection. The kids, they're perfect. The kid, I mean, just always well-behaved. And in the end of every Hallmark movie, everyone lives happily ever after. And everything is at peace. It would be nice. But let's just talk about real life, okay? Because that's where the rest of us live, right? I mean, uh, living in Ohio means scraping inches of ice off of your windshield and you can't feel your fingers or toes. Uh, The snow, let me take that back, the slush, right? It's always dirty brown and a complete mess. Uh, No one brings me a cup of hot chocolate. I mean, where is this hot chocolate? I don't know. Jobs are stressful. The house, yeah, forget HGTV. The house is a disaster. Uh, The kids, well, their kids or the grandkids, their grandkids. Uh, In the end, sometimes it feels like nobody is truly happy and peace. (laughs) What's that? Right? Real life. And yet we, we just lit the second Advent candle that represents peace. We talked about in communion how it, is, it was the punishment that was brought upon Jesus that brings us peace. But, but where is this peace? Doesn't it sometimes feel like peace is fleeting? I mean, you might snag a moment or two of it at best, and then real life seems to set in again. I want to I take us back to a, a time in history where the people of God, they, they too were longing for peace. It's found in the book of Isaiah, and Isaiah was a prophet, and here Isaiah is prophesying about a time yet to come, and yet in the reality of where the people were living of that day. And it says in Isaiah chapter 26, beginning in verse 1, In that day, everyone in the land of Judah will sing this song. Our city is strong. We are surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. So open the gates to all who are righteous. Allow the faithful to enter. Oh, come, all ye faithful, he's saying. Verse 3, and you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Doesn't that sound 
good. It's a, it's a beautiful invitation, and Isaiah begins by uh, describing a future day. He says, in that day, it's not the day that they were living in. No, the day that they were living in was filled with confusion, was con- filled with attack, was filled with war. It was constant worry and anxiety, and they were longing for a day, a day of peace, a day of God's protection. And yet Isaiah says in this day, this this future day that he's describing of of Jesus coming and Jesus, the Messiah, stepping into our world and and Jesus' return and making things right, a day of, of ultimate redemption and also a day of judgment where, where God would make things right and he would take care of all evil and he would make peace across the land. And it says that in that day they would sing this song and the song was, our city is strong. See, they were living in a city where uh, their walls were constantly being torn down and, and, and people were getting in and destruction was happening. But they said, in this day we're going to sing a song saying we're surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Like God himself will be with us and we will experience this protection and this peace, right? And he he makes a promise. Isaiah gives a promise here. He says, and you will keep in perfect peace. He's talking about God. And so here we discover where the real source of peace is. While the world might tell us, oh, peace is within, just look deep within. You just kind of kind of recenter yourself, you know, and find it in there. God's word tells us that peace is actually from outside of us. Now, it can come inside of us when Jesus comes into our lives and his Holy Spirit comes to, to live within our lives. But the, the peace that all of us are longing for comes from God himself. He says, you will keep in perfect peace. In fact, a few verses later in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 12, he says again, Lord, you will grant us peace for all we have accomplished is really from you. Isaiah realized that, man, anything that happened and anything that was good and any moment of peace that was gained was a gift from God. So we know where peace comes from. It's, it's outside of ourselves. It's something that has to be given to us, granted to us. But how do we attain this, what, what, what Isaiah calls perfect peace? I mean, this isn't like part way. This isn't like just sort of, in the midst of. And, and the word that he uses here is the Hebrew word shalom, which is used as a greeting in Israel still yet today. And among uh, Jewish people, shalom, it's a, it's a may the peace of God be with you. It's how we just greeted one another, shalom. And actually, where it says perfect peace, it's really the word shalom twice in a row. It says shalom, shalom. God will give you, God will give us, God will keep us in this shalom, shalom. I love how uh, Charles Haddon Spurgeon puts it. He says, it is the Hebrew way of expressing emphatic peace, true and real peace, double peace, peace of great depth and vast extent. 
Now, the people that day, I mean, they, it, was, it was rough. It was a world filled with war. And, and, and what we're walking into this Christmas, it's, it's probably far from that. And yet, the antidote, the thing that, that you and I need walking into Christmas and the thing that they needed then that they were looking for and longing for, it's the same thing. It's God's ultimate protection and God's ultimate peace, his shalom. And that's what we want to discover together. And and in verse 3, I think Isaiah tells us how we can kind of unwrap this gift of peace. He says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Isaiah seems to be saying that uh, peace is found and determined by where our trust is or who we are trusting in and where our thoughts are. Another way to put it would be this bottom line, that the pathway to perfect peace has to do with our trust and our thoughts. Can you say that with me? The pathway to perfect peace has to do with our trust and our thoughts. Now, I say that because of what he enunciates In this prophecy, he says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. Remember, trust is a gift from God. And if we want to experience this peace on a daily basis, it's going to be by trusting in God. So the question is, what am I trusting in? Right? In fact, just a verse later in verse 4, Isaiah the prophet says it again. He says, trust in the Lord always for the Lord God is the eternal rock. He's saying, if you want something to trust in that is secure and solid, it's only found in God, the Lord, the rock. The problem is, you and I, we often put our trust in other things or other people that aren't quite so rock solid. Am I right? (laughs) It's like the story of the The Bible says the wise man who built his house upon the rock, but the foolish man who built his house upon the what? The sand. He was trusting in something that was going to be fleeting, something that could just wash away. And and, and we do the same things in our lives, don't we? I mean, we might say, oh, I trust in God. But in reality, I trust in my job, or I trust in my spouse, or I just trust in my relationships, or I trust in my bank account, or I, or I trust in my ability, or I trust, right? And, and, and we all have a tendency to do this. Even, even when we start to build our lives upon Jesus, we start to add other things or, or put other things as the foundation of our lives. And that's why so many times I think our peace can so easily be disrupted, Because we are trusting in something or someone other than the Lord. Or sometimes sometimes it's that we're we're trusting uh, in the answer to a prayer, a specific answer to a prayer, right? I mean, I've been guilty of this. I've been guilty of this recently. Like I'm banking on God answering a certain prayer in a certain way. And then when that doesn't, when the answer seems to be no or wait, well, my, my peace can get disrupted. 
But that's because I'm placing my trust in the answer to the prayer instead of placing my trust in the one who answers prayer. Knowing him, knowing that he loves me, knowing that he cares, knowing that even when he says no or wait, that he's still good and that I can be at peace. See, peace is not found in the absence of chaos. Peace is not found in the absence of trials and tribulations because if that's the case, man, we're, we're never going to find it, are we? Or at least not until Jesus physically returns. But peace is not found in the absence of those things. Peace is found in the presence of Jesus. And if we know Jesus is with us, no matter what's going on, we can still be at peace. And, and so Isaiah says, it's those who trust in the Lord. God's going to keep in perfect peace those who put their trust and their hope in him. So let me just ask you, have you put your trust in Jesus? I mean, I'm not talking about when life's going easy and going good or, you know, at camp when you were 12. Or I'm talking about like, when it's hard, where's my hope? Where's my trust? And maybe you're here this weekend and, and you realize, man, I've, I've put my, my, my trust in my, my job, my, my security. Uh, I put my trust in my abilities and I put my trust in a person and then, man, that, that blew up. Or I, All of us know what it feels like to be let down. Have we put our, tr- where, 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 what are we really building our lives upon? You know, our heartbeat as a, as a church is to help people move one step closer to God and each other through Jesus. Jesus is the foundation. If you're here this weekend and, you know, maybe peace is fleeting for you, you're like, Hallmark life, no. <laughs> My life is anything but I don't, I don't believe that this perfect peace, this perfect shalom that, that God wants us to experience is going to be possible without having the God of the Bible in our life, the, a personal relationship with His Son, Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, the same one that those people were waiting upon saying, in that day, <laughs> is the same one that some of you maybe are still waiting on. You're, you're like, I'm not sure. I don't, I'm not sure what I think. I'm not certain what I believe can I, can I just challenge you? What, what if you've been building your life on the wrong thing? I mean, what can it hurt? What can it hurt to, to put your trust in Jesus, to say, Jesus, I've been trusting in myself. I've, been, I've tried to build my life on a lot of other things, and I'm not even certain you're the right thing But I want to give you a try. Show me that you are trustworthy, God. Forgive me of going my own way and help me to turn your way. You know, I I just feel like we just need to pause and just close our eyes for a moment. And maybe you need peace. And maybe the reason you need peace is because you've never met the Prince of Peace. And if God's speaking in your heart right now, and you're at your point, a breaking point, saying, Jesus, I, I don't know what to do anymore. 
Just call out to him and just say, Jesus, forgive me for, for trusting in myself, for trusting in so many other things. Forgive me of my sin. Thank you, Jesus, for, for coming at Christmas. Thank you for going all the way to the cross. And though I don't fully understand all of it, you, you, you suffered and died for my shortcomings, my mess, to bring me peace. You took the punishment so that I could experience peace. I want to experience that peace, Jesus. And I want to give you control of my life. Show me that you're trustworthy. Move into my life. Change me. I surrender to you. Amen. You know, it's possible that there's somebody in this room that just now, their whole eternity was changed. And those are the people that we want to we want to get behind. And so, man, if, if that's you today and you made a decision even just now, I want to encourage you to tell me or tell somebody and let us join you in the journey. Now, some of us, we've given our life to Jesus. And I love what Charles Spurgeon says. He says, so it is with the child of God when the Lord has given him peace. He says he is filled, he's lifted beyond the supremacy of his sorrowful surroundings and his heart is delivered from its sad surroundings. Thus, we are kept from everything like rashness. Resting in God, we are not in sinful haste. We can wait on God's time to deliver us knowing that there is love in every second of the delay. Wow. And yet, I read that and go, go man, I know I've put my trust in Jesus, but that still seems far away sometimes, doesn't it? That doesn't seem like the reality still, right? And that's why I think it's important to remember our bottom line truth for the weekend. We said, listen, the pathway to perfect peace has to do with our trust, but it also has to do with our thoughts. We say that because of what Isaiah says in the text. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. So it's not just about what we've put our trust in and what we've began to build our life upon. It's, it's what we're thinking on a day-to-day basis, on a moment-by-moment basis that can interrupt our peace. Think about uh, in the Gospels, Peter. Uh, Peter's in a boat, and Jesus says to Peter, hey, Peter, step out onto the water. Come, come, come over here to me. And Peter trusts Jesus. Peter steps out of the boat, and the Bible says that he actually walked on water. (laughs) Like, that's trust. That's faith, right? The issue for Peter was not trust. But then it says, he looked at the wind and the waves. His thoughts turned from Jesus towards his circumstances and surroundings, and he began to sink and fearing for his life. And the same thing can happen in your life and mine. We might have put our trust in Jesus, but sometimes, how many of you know, our thoughts override our trust, right? Because what's up here, it controls a lot of what's going on in our life. I love what Craig Rochelle says. He says, our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. What we think shapes who we are. 
And Isaiah, he affirms this, okay? This is where it all comes from. God will keep in perfect peace him who trusts in you, him whose mind is, one version says, stayed on you or fixed on you, as the New Living Translation puts it. That word fixed is the Hebrew word samak, which means to prop or to lean upon. See, what is it that we, we lean upon in our mind when our peace starts to get disrupted, right? Do we go back to our trust in Jesus, or are we focused now and thinking about all the stuff, all the worries, all the concerns, all the hazards, right? I, I, that, that word, uh, to, to prop or to lean, it, it, it reminds me of a very famous verse, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Probably many of you in the room have it memorized. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and what? Lean, not on to your own understanding. It's interesting that Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 has to do with both our trust and our thoughts, right? He says, trust in the Lord. That's what Isaiah was telling us to do. He was saying, if we want to have shalom, shalom, perfect peace, it's going to be what we're trusting in, but then also what we're thinking about. And he says, so, so lean not on your own understanding. Don't just lean into what I always think or what I always feel. Now, this doesn't mean that we have to constantly and always be thinking about God like you think, oh my gosh, you've, you've met one of those holy rollers that's just like every word that comes out of the mouth, bless, bless God, Jesus, oh, you know, I mean like, and it's, it's almost like, wait, who are you? Like, what? like nobody's that joyful, nobody's that happy, and, 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 and it's like, they they don't have a real life. Like, they're just living this life, uh, this, this amazing Jesus life. It doesn't mean, when he says uh, to, to lean upon, to fix our thoughts upon, it doesn't mean that, you know, every second of every day, that's all I'm thinking about. It's more like Jesus becomes not just uh, the fixation of my thoughts, but the filter of all my thoughts, and his truth becomes the filter of all my thoughts. It's why in the book of Corinthians it says, we take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. You see, our thoughts make a huge difference in our life, and we'll, our thoughts can steal our peace. And so we've got to let Jesus filter those. I love what the Enduring Word commentary says. To have perfect peace, your mind cannot occasionally come to and lean upon the Lord. It has to be stayed upon Him. So many times in, in my life and probably in yours, you know, it's like, oh, I'm coming, I'll come back to Jesus now, right? See, that's the problem. Coming back to Jesus implies that I've wandered from Jesus. And, and, and it's natural and it happens. So, so how, do we, how do we come to this place that Isaiah is talking about? Isaiah, I mean, he says, man, you're going you're gonna to come to a place where, where you have this shalom, shalom, this perfect peace, and it has to do with both your trust and your thoughts. Well, I think it has to do with meditating on the truth of God's word and seeking him in prayer. I love what Philippians chapter 4 says, well-known passage says, don't worry about anything, because listen, worry will steal our peace. Instead, pray about everything. 
tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. And it says, then you will experience God's peace. This peace which passes all understanding. And then it says his peace, interestingly, his peace will guard your hearts. That's where your trust is. And your minds, that's where your thoughts are. You, God, will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. So where's our trust? And all whose thoughts are fixed on you. What are we thinking about? So maybe you're here this morning and uh, maybe maybe earlier when we talked about trust, you, you, you prayed and said, Jesus, I'm, I'm going to give you a try. And I want to encourage you that we'd love to come alongside you and pray with you and pray for you. And at the end of our services, when everybody get, gets ready to leave, I'm, I'm just going to invite you to just to stay right where you're at and stay seated. And somebody from our prayer team will come by and just put a hand on your shoulder, just ask you what's been going on in your life, and, and maybe pray with you and pray for you in your next steps of your spiritual journey. Or, or maybe you're here today and you've given your life to Jesus, but you're like, man, my peace has been disrupted there's something going on in my life, and I just, I need God's peace. I need to experience this shalom, shalom. And I want you to know that we have some of our prayer team members that are here, and if you just stay right where you're seated when we get ready to dismiss, um, one of our prayer team members will just come by, just ask you what's going on, and just pray for you. I don't know about you, but sometimes just knowing that somebody is right there and praying for me. It can bring God's peace and his presence into my life in a new, fresh way. And for the rest of you, your invitation, maybe you're, you're, you're experiencing God's peace, and I just want to encourage and challenge you. Uh, it, it's, it's the prayer that we began our service with. Let there be peace and let it begin with me. Like, you could be an agent of God's peace this week to somebody else. Maybe it's, maybe it's a, a, a situation in your workplace where you know there's been turmoil and disruption and God wants you to be the peacemaker in that situation. Or maybe there's a relationship between you and someone else and you know that you've got to make, the Bible says, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with all people. And it means taking a step in, in, in humility and forgiveness and, and extending grace and bridging the gap with peace. Or maybe for somebody here, you know that, man, somebody, they're so worried about just paying their electric bill, they can't even think about Christmas. And, and maybe it's providing financially or giving uh, some gifts or coming alongside somebody struggling in a financial way, and you could be the one that brings some of God's shalom into their life through your love and sacrifice and generosity. So I'm going to pray for us, and, and I don't know where you're at and what your need is, but then as we dismiss, I want to encourage you that if, if you just say, man, I need some peace, and I would appreciate somebody else praying for me, then when we dismiss, I'm going to encourage you just to stay right where you're at, and some, some prayer team members will come by. But let me pray for all of us now. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this perfect peace. It's in your word, and we trust your word, and so we trust that it's possible, that it's real. 
And I don't know where people are at today and what they've come into or what they're going into this holiday season. God, I pray that you would be our trust and that our thoughts would be fixed on you. Your word says whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is good, whatever is lofty or praiseworthy, think about these things and the God of peace will be with you. Today, we fix our thoughts on you, and we ask for you to help us experience your peace and help us this week to be a peace bearer in other people's lives. In Jesus' name, amen.